The Keystone Experience, the official podcast of Keystone Wild Outdoors. The Keystone Experience is brought to you by Creek Archery. If you shoot a bow, you got to go to Creek Archery. Toyota of Greensburg, Pittsburgh's number one volume Toyota dealer. Hey, welcome to the Keystone Experience. Today we're going to give you a little breakdown of how our rifle season went so far. I guess we're going to start with old Hungry TP over there. He He's doing pretty good this year. He ain't going to be starving, that's for sure. No. but it, And he actually killed one with a gun. Yeah, but there, as we're going to get into, there's a story there. But before we jump into this, I got to say, it's good to have you back, buddy. Thanks, man. My three-week three, three week hiatus of cutting up deer. I had to do the intro, and Chris laughed at me because I practiced. I was nervous <laughs> about it. That's a big responsibility. <laughs> you just got to wing it, dude. I know, but, you know, I don't like to wing things. <laughs> so I'm glad to have you back. Chris and Casey uh, came up and talked with me a few weeks ago now, you know, with uh, you being gone cutting up deer and all that snow we got. We haven't uh, I've been able to get to this for a couple of weeks. No, we haven't. Oh. And it's, it's just going to get busier now because trapping season starting and muzzleloader season and try to catch the tail end of the migration on ducks and geese. Yep. So. Yeah, I. you said I'm not starving. I've had a good season. That's good. Good. My camera hasn't had such a great season. No. No, but the uh, I got two with a crossbow and I got – one with a gun. And uh, that is a, a story that we're going to jump into here. Well, let's let's do it. So, obviously, now we know Saturday is the first day of rifle. Mm-hmm. I took the Friday after Thanksgiving off and uh, went up to camp outside of Punxsutawney with Jono, Nick, and Rick. So, we got up there and Nick and Rick had gone up the weekend before. And they moved Rick's ladder stand out of our lower food plot and moved him up on top of the ridge. And we get there and we're talking about where I'm going to go. You know, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Well, I've got that uh, double ladder stand that's been hung in the same spot for about six, seven years now, probably maybe 60 or so yards off the food plot, right on the property line. Now, I told Jono, I said, he said, I think you should go there. Go to your ladder stand. I said, I would agree. I said, we know that's a good spot. I said, but at the very least, we've got to turn that ladder stand because I got in a fight with the Amish last year. The Amish have the farm next to us. I got in a fight with him the first day because he said I was hunting his property. I said, no, I'm simply looking at your property. I'm allowed to look at it. Right. I said, I'm facing your property because I always like to have something between me and the deer. Mm -hmm. I got a tree between me. I'm facing your property. I'm not hunting it. I'm not going to shoot anything on it. We got into a big fight and turns out I snapped a picture of him, which just makes him mad. I said, so at the very least, we got to turn that ladder stand. Was there even an image of him? Or those like vampires? No. no. Vampires you can't get a picture of. Yeah, no, you can get a picture of an Amishman. I got trail cameras to prove it. (laughs) But anyway, so I got in a fight with him last year. And I said, at the very least, we've got to turn that stand. So that I'm not facing his property and I don't have a problem. I said, but I want to look around and see if I can find another spot. Because I just, I don't even want to deal with him. Honestly, one, I suck hunting with a gun. So I don't like to do it. But two, (laughs) I look at rifle like the first day of trout. It's just more aggravation for me than most of the time what it's worth. Yep. So I said, I don't even want to. I said, we'll turn it. I said, but I'm going to try to find a new spot. I said, I don't want to deal with them. I don't want to have somebody... 60, 70 yards away from me. Just want to go find my own spot. So we start driving up the ridge, and uh, it's me, Rick, Jono, and then Jono had his son, Dominic. Dom is five. Take the quads, we go up the trail, park at the lower food plot, and start walking back through the woods. I haven't been to this stand in a year because I didn't get up to camp but once during archery season. I was starting to walk back. And mind you, this is one of those 
you know, two man ladder stands with the big platform, not mm-hmm. like the old school skinny platform. Right. So basically this thing is like a four by four, you know, four foot by four foot. Right. 20 foot up in the tree. Pretty easy to find. Mm-hmm. I can't find it. I'm walking back going, maybe I just don't remember where it's at, you know, but the closer I get, I'm like, well, there's my old tree that I had my hang on in. And I said, I walk past this. And I'm tracing my steps. I get into a little bit of opening and I'm like, it got a, I'm like, man, it should be here. I'm like, well, maybe I just don't remember. Nope. I look up, look up a tree that was perfect. The perfect tree for that area. That should have been where my stand was. It sure was not. It was not there. I looked up and saw what was left of my, uh, my bow hanger. Half my bow hanger was screwed into the tree. The other half was snapped off. The whole ladder stand's gone. My uh, camera arm base is gone. And Jono's son, Dominic, learned a few new choice words. Because <laughs> I instantly knew where it went. Right. Instantly. I mean, I was pissed. I can't stand cowards. And they knew that stand was there from last year. We've been up there all summer checking cameras, putting in food plots, those guys had hunted. Somebody was at that camp all archery season. So month and a half, their camp, their house is a hundred yards down the road. They've had plenty of opportunities to come down and talk to us about it. But they just took it down. <clears throat> I knew right where it was. The Amish mafia. Amish mafia or not, I was not a happy guy. So this is how my Pennsylvania rifle season is starting. It's not even time to hunt yet, and I've already lost the stand. <laughs> I texted Nick and said, tree stand's gone. And we, like I said, we, we all knew where it was. So we did get the stand. What back. is their last name? The Amish people. Are they like Yoder? No. Fiddleheimer? I, I can't remember. I want to say his last name was Smith or something. I, I think his first name's Alvin, but I kept calling him Jedediah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think is Alvin Smith was his name. I, I can't remember. I, I just know Jedediah done stole my tree stand. And we did get it back semi-peacefully. Yeah, I talked to you later on that day. Oh, you were like the second text message. <laughs> you know, I texted Nick first because he had, he wasn't up to camp yet, but he was on his way. Texted him and told him, and then you were the next text. Them stinky sons of bitches stole my tree stand. <laughs> you know, I'm not off to a good start. Mm-mm. But I did find a new spot that I'm actually pretty excited about going forward next year. No bears? I know we didn't see any bears. We never so I'm getting tired of buying a bear license. I bought it the last three years, ever since they overlapped bear into archery, where you can hunt deer and bear at the same time. Because we've got them, we've got them on cameras all summer. But as soon as we hit the woods. For archery, we never see him again. No, <clears throat> you are right next to Amish people. Oh yeah, and we all know how they hunt. Yeah, they don't care whose property or how many herds of them Amish people come through the woods, but they will drive a patch of woods until there's not a critter living in it. They'll do it relentlessly every day. Yeah, because they don't have to work. Nope, and we uh. At the end of the weekend, we drove past their house uh, to go into town for something and saw, I don't know, six, seven deer hanging up. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I've, I've, I've hunted with Amish people up in Indiana County and they are just the most ruthless hunters I've ever met in my life. Well, and see, this year it was probably legal for them because I'm hunting 2D. So we were allowed to shoot buck or doe mm-hmm. the first day of rifle. Right. We were one of those WMUs that got brought back into, you know, you could shoot doe the first weekend. Uh, so they took advantage of it. Oh, yeah. But <clears throat> we, uh, I, did, I didn't see any bear. Like I said, they just disappear. I don't know what happens. Kind of pisses me off. I spend a lot of money for a bear tag. Uh, found a new spot. It's still not far from the food plot, which I like because we still get the deer in there. Uh, all sorts of buck rubs, good spot. So I set a new stand and, uh, we come back down, you know, Friday afternoon, did a couple other things. We stopped and talked to the camp below us. 
to try and figure out where they were going to hunt. You know, we were not all sitting on top of each other. Right. So we tell them like, hey, where are you guys going? This is where we're going to be. No problems. Everybody's got an understanding. Get up Saturday morning. I'm in the tree hour plus before sun comes up. I see quad lights coming up another trail, you know, one we don't use. I said, oh, he's going up on the ridge the other side of me. Sitting there in the dark, got my camera and everything set up. You know, 40, 45 minutes I've been sitting in the dark. I get a text message from Jono complaining that it's raining. Huh? I got new camo. I got that new Cottonwood uh, series from Nomad, mm-hmm. like the, the fleece. Yeah. Well, it, it don't make any sounds, and it wasn't a hard rain. It was just like a mist. Well, I let my camera sit out in the rain for 45 minutes. <laughs> so that was fine, you know. Got a couple thousand dollars worth of gear sitting out in the rain. I hurry up. As soon as I saw that, I was like, I took my hat off and my gloves. I'm like, son of a bitch. It is raining. <laughs> How long has this been going on? Hurry up, put the camera away. So I didn't even film the first morning. Not that it mattered because the quad that I saw go up the hill in the dark, hey, turkey's done. <clears throat> I don't know who. Uh, I thought he was going the other way. Sun comes up. He's 50 yards above me on top of the ridge. I guess I can just barely see him. He was like a little kid swinging his feet off of a swing. <laughs> I see his feet all morning, just going back and forth. And I thought I heard him. I couldn't tell if he was on a climber or in a ladder stand. If he was in a climber, he was only about six foot off the ground. Because I only heard two bangs. Mm-hmm. And if he, either he's eight foot tall or he didn't get very far <laughs> off the ground. But I was like, you got to be kidding me, you know. My tree stand's stolen, got it back, but it's no good now because it's down at camp. Find a new spot, talk to everybody else. And this guy's still 50 yards above me, right on the ridge. You know, he's at the top of the ridge. I was a little bit below. I go, well, I mean, it is what it is at this point. Right. Had a slow morning, just saw a couple of does. At this point, I was just like, I'm over it. This is why I hate rifle season. Mm-hmm. Went back down to camp. Got some coffee, got some breakfast, and tried to regroup, figure out what the hell I was going to do in the afternoon. You know, I'm out of stands. Uh, Rick went back up to the ridge, and he told me, he said, go hunt the food plot. He said, you know, he hunted it all archery and never saw a legal buck out of it during the daytime. We'd see him on cameras at night, but he hunted that food plot all archery, never saw a legal buck. He said, go sit there. I said, I don't want to go sit in the ground blind on the first day at rifle, but I didn't have a choice. I'm not going back up to my stand that I had just set because uh, they told me the guy above me hunts all day. I'm not going to go mess him up. You know, regardless of who was there first or right. what, right. I got out of the tree. If he's sitting all day, I'm not going back in there and messing his hunt up. I'm, I'm just not that type of hunter. Right. I, you know, if he shot a 190 inch turkey still done. Uh, if he shot 190 inch out of that stand, Good for you. you right. Know, I'm just not going to mess you up all day. You know, it was an accident in the morning. I now know you're there. I'm out of there. So I went and sat the ground blind. But, you know, you and I both, I think, have the same opinion of ground blinds. I hate ground blinds. <laughs> I do too. And I was not sitting in a ground blind for a rifle and not being able to see, but a 30 degree window in yeah. front of me. So I grabbed the chair out. I grabbed the chair out and I set it right to the left of the ground blind outside of it. I figured, you know what? I got a rifle. This don't have to be. Exactly. This isn't a bow. They can see me even a hundred yards away. I should maybe be able to make the shot. (laughs) But it was just nice because it was on a swivel chair. I could see her all around me. So I just sat there and a couple hours went by. Hadn't seen anything. There was hardly any shots. I was kind of surprised because it was cold. It was cold the first day. Mm-hmm. I was surprised nobody was up and driving around. <clears throat> and uh, I was just sitting there. I happened to look to my right. This buck pops out of the thicket to my right. I'm like, oh, it's a half rack. Eh, he's legal. I don't got my camera. I mean, he popped out like 40, 50 yards away. Just thumb off my right side. I was like, eh, that's not a half rack. Cause he kind of turned, but I couldn't tell it wound up. I don't know what happened with this deer 
and I'll post the picture, you know, on our page with this episode. I don't know if he had an injury or or what, but you saw it. One side's normal, mm-hmm. and the other side just comes straight up to a little Y, like he's a year and a half old buck. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He didn't break nothing off. He just grew funny. Yeah. Well, he came out, and again, I don't use a rifle that much. I'm that bow mentality so stuck in my head. He started walking away from me. I'm like, oh, there went that opportunity. Like, the dummy, you got a rifle. <laughs> well, he just walked maybe 10 yards up the edge. He started working a scrape. And the whole time I'm sitting there contemplating, do I want to shoot him? You know, I know he's legal. He's a cool buck. You know, he, he's a mountain man buck. He's mm. a freak buck. He's a freak. Yeah. And uh, but I don't got the camera. And he works a scrape. And he comes into the food plot. And in that food plot, I don't know what kind of trees or bushes they are, but they're just randomly in the middle of the food plot. So he, he walks to them. And the whole time I'm still thinking, do I want to shoot him? Do I want to shoot him? He works another scrape. And which I was kind of surprised to see him working a scrape in what? The end of November, mm-hmm. almost beginning of December. They're still checking scrapes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I was kind of surprised by that. And I kept watching him and he worked another scrape and, and he moved on to the other tree. Now he's working a third scrape and he's only 40 yards in front of me. And I finally said, all right, I don't got the camera, which, which sucks. You know, you get so used to carrying it around and you make that commitment. You, you feel really guilty when you don't have it. Mm-hmm. But I also knew that if I told Rick who has hunted this food plot for six <laughs> weeks and has not seen a legal buck that I passed the legal buck. Right. He's going to kick my ass. So I finally decided to, that I'm going to shoot. And he actually, that third scrape, gets up on his back legs and works the licking branch. And when he comes down, I said, all right, here we go. But <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened. <clears throat> I put the crosshairs on him, squeeze the trigger. And again, I'm shooting a 300 short magnets. That's the only rifle I own. Squeeze the trigger at 40 yards, which let's go back to a few years ago as to why we've told this story, I think, a few times. But in case somebody knew is listening, I've got a terrible record with a rifle, mm-hmm. like just awful. So two years ago on the first day of rifle, it was raining. A buck snuck in on me at 40 yards. I took the shot, missed him, and then completely forgot I had a rifle as he just ran down through the woods because I'm thinking, oh, I've only got one shot. Mm -hmm. No, dummy, you've got a rifle. Let's take a few more cracks. So I missed that one a couple of years ago at point blank range with a 300 short mag, which should just instantly blow him apart. I mean, it's such a big caliber, but I just like having one gun that I can use for deer, bear, Whatever. Right. You know, I'm not a big gun guy, so I don't need to have, you know, a varmint gun and a deer gun and a bear gun and an elk gun. I just want one that'll do everything. Well, after he comes down working that scrape, I took that shot and he mule kicks and runs 10 yards and then just starts walking away like nothing happened. But what is going on here? I mean, I. Last one I shot at and missed, he at least ran. <laughs> like he he heard the boom, figured out something was wrong, and he took off like a you know a rocket before I realized I had a second round. I thought I I don't know. I still don't know what happened. I don't know if I hit him or what. But this at least this time I realized I had a rifle and I reloaded. He's now maybe 50 yards or so. Take another crack at him. He just walks away like nothing happened. No, what is going on here? <laughs> you know, and I made the joke earlier that day, the first day, you know, at camp, uh, everybody always loads up all these extra shells. I'm like, I'm taking four. If I can't do it in four, I quit. I've already used two. <laughs> and he just walked away. So I've hit, I, I think I hit him the first one. But the weird thing is I couldn't find an exit hole. I mean, standing broadside. He mule kicked, which I always thought was a pretty good sign that you've hit him. Mm-hmm. But it didn't drop him instantly. And then he just slowly walked away, almost like it was almost like I hit him with a bow. You know, you hit him with a bow, they get that short burst, and then they just slowly walk away because they, they don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. 
I've taken two shots at him, and he's walked out of the food plot now across the quad trail and up into the woods. And I'm looking at him in the scope, and he's just standing there like, eh, what's up, buddy? Do you want to take another crack? <laughs> like, I mean, nothing's wrong. Like, I, I can't tell if I've hit him. I don't see any blood. I get out of the chair, and I start crawling through the food plot, you know, trying to get closer and, and – They've heard the shots, so Nick and, and Rick are texting me, did you shoot one? Like, not now. They're like, because you, know, like, you know, you knew when you're that close. It, like, I can't talk right now, guys. I'm crawling through the food plot. So you got my big ass and all de- decked out in orange, like army crawling, like crab walking through a food <laughs> plot. Every 10 yards or so, you know, responding to a text message, checking to see if I can still see this buck. He's still up in the woods. Like nothing's happened. What is going on with this deer? And at one point I thought he was dead and just leaned up against the tree. No, he's still alive, still walking. And I finally get, I don't know, now he's probably 70, 80 yards away up in the timber. It's a bunch of brush, bunch of trees, bunch of branches. And he finally gets turned sideways again. I rip out another one. This time I, I know I hit him. Cause he right in the shoulder, just nose dives. Hey, I wasn't taking any more chances. Nick, <laughs> Nick sends me a text. He goes, that's three. You got one more. <laughs> Is he dead yet? I said, I don't know, Nick. All right. I, he walked, you know, he, he did pile up, but at this point, I, I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know if I've hit him once, twice, three times. So I did <laughs> take that fourth round, and keep it chambered as I was walking through the woods, trying to find him. And I, I, the, Third shot didn't take him down. But that's what I'm saying. I don't know if I missed twice and hit him with the third because the third one went through the front shoulder. I mean, and blew a hole like a cannonball through him. And the exit, well, the hole on his side that would have been a broadside shot, you could make the case for was the exit hole from the shoulder shot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, it's kind of weird the location of it. I mean, you would just think a 40 yard shot broadside, I would have had an exit hole, but I, again, I don't know much about guns other than I obviously can't shoot one and I don't know what it is. You know, they were all laughing at me. <clears throat> you know, what do you, what is your problem? I said, I don't know. I said, I don't know if I, I get excited, you know, if, if I'm scared of the recoil or one thing I did think of this year is, was I not able to hold steady because of my shoulder from the bike accident? Right. You know, that was the only thing I was thinking of. I, I don't know. Could also just be that I plain can't shoot with a gun. <laughs> um, but it was a cool buck. I did, I did knock him down with that third one and, and recovered him. And uh, I want to say it was an eight point, but just like a goofy eight point. Right. You know, it's a cool buck. Yep. And, and you know, John O, he had shot his buck in archery. So he brought Dominic up and, you know, Dom was excited as hell to see a deer and, and he fearless for five years old. That was the coolest part of it. Right. Right. You know, it was seeing Dom excited to be, I mean, he's seen his dad shoot deer, like when his dad would bring him home, but he's never been up at camp when we've actually killed something. And, and he was all into it. I mean, we got it back down to camp. He was digging around inside the guts. <laughs> like, man, I am glad your mother's not here. <laughs> Um, but an, an interesting first weekend for me. Tree yeah. stand was stolen. Put up a new stand. Another guy's 50 yards above me. And a goofy mountain man freak buck walk out at point blank range. And I don't know what happened. <laughs> Honest to God, have you ever seen a deer get shot at twice and not completely bolt out of the area? I've seen some crazy stuff. I mean... I've shot at them with flintlocks and they just stand there and look around, you know? Yeah. So. I don't know. So there's another, <laughs> another mystery, whether I hit him <laughs> once, twice, I definitely didn't hit him. I missed him at least once, but I got a funny feeling. I missed him the first two times. Mm-hmm. And then the hardest shot of all. Is you made one, it. Yeah. Is the one I make, you know, <laughs> kneeling in a food plot. 80 yards away in a tight window through a bunch of trees is the shot I make. That that fits me and my rifle career to a T. (laughs) 
don't put them point blank in front of me. Right. In a wide open space. I will miss them. Yep. Let's throw them, you know, I mean, even 80 yards is nothing for a rifle, but, you know, for a bow hunter, that's the way I think. Like 80 yards is a far shot. Mm. Throw them 80 yards and a bunch of timber, and apparently I can knock them down. <laughs> so that was uh, the story of my my rifle. And I wish that I would have either had my camera because the rain in the morning did make it to where it wasn't working right. So I've actually, I had to tear the whole camera apart. I'm, I know how to tear a Sony apart now <laughs> because I, I didn't want to, it didn't work. I didn't want to take it. And, but that would have been an awesome video. Right. You know, that would have been hard to self film. And I've thought about this. I'm like, eh, maybe I'd have just left it on the tripod and it could have watched me crawling through this food plot right. and continuing to shoot at this deer. Yeah. That obviously had a death wish. Right. Or he just heard from other deer that there's this big <laughs> guy out in the woods that can't shoot a gun. Said old hungry teepees in town. Don't worry, buddy. You're good. <laughs> he ain't got his bow. We're good. <laughs> Yo, but. It was a good day, you know, and then, uh, so because we had Sunday this year, yep. you know, uh, Jono's dad, Rick went out Sunday morning and I was glad I didn't because Sunday, I think up there was 20, not counting the wind chill. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't wait very long. He shot one first thing Sunday morning. So we got two bucks up at camp, you know, for a first weekend of rifle and, you know, Dominic was there, you know, which cool, you know, just yeah. getting kids involved with it. And uh, I dropped the mine off at the butcher up there and he gave me the head. So I got to bring it home and the boys got to see it and play with it. And uh, even one of the the neighbor kids at Rachel's house was over playing with the kids and he came out and was asking a bunch of questions about it. So just a cool weekend. You know, I did get my tree stand back. I got a buck. I got one more tag. (laughs) I got one more doe tag left for late archery now. Yep. No muzzleloader for this guy. I'm not even going to try a muzzleloader. I can't shoot a rifle. You're not giving me one of these finicky powder rifles. You'll, you'll have a muzzleloader before it's all over. No, I swore him off. Uh, I swore him off the moment that Jono handed me a right-handed muzzleloader when I shot left-handed. <laughs> and nobody said anything until I squeezed the trigger and that pan went up about three <laughs> inches in front of my eyes. After that, that was the last muzzleloader. Plus, I mean, you squeeze the trigger and it doesn't go off. They go off. I I, I did it before. I squeezed it and it, it didn't do anything. All I heard was, hold on, we got to reload. You got to pull it back and add new powder and then hope it goes off. I was like that when I was a green horn when it came to that <laughs> kind of stuff. Well, we don't do it much, but I haven't done it since you know, somebody handed me a. I mean, now think about this. Back in the 1800s, when the mountain men were running around up there in the mountains, a lot of those guys, their lifespan was 30 years old. Yeah. You know, they either died of some kind of disease like or they the died one. of starvation like because the their guns trail. didn't go off. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's why they never they never fought with the Indians. What was the sense of fighting with them? You were going to lose. Half time, your gun didn't go off. Yeah. You know, they didn't have all the modern stuff like we have nowadays. Well, and even, I mean, we have modern stuff, but I mean, you... You've acquired a lot of knowledge and learned from it not going off. Uh, yeah. I mean, even with modern technology, it's still at the end of the day, it's a flintlock. It's it's just a piece of flint hitting the steel. Hopefully it goes off. Yeah. But I mean, I'm sure over the years you've learned some tips and tricks to oh, yeah. keeping the powder dry and yep. a bunch of other stuff that I don't even want to get into. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it, you know. My two favorite time of the year, bow season and now. I mean, what better way to end the year? Yeah. You know, you, you get to open Christmas presents on Christmas Day, and the next day you get to go out and shoot a smoke pole, kill a deer. I'm going to take a crossbow. <laughs> I got I got one more doe tag. I think I'm going to go out the 26th, head back over to, to Adam's farm and see if I can help him manage some more deer. Well, as we all know, my season started off crappy in archery season with a twig getting in the way of a really nice shooter buck, which while me and you were sitting in a tree stand in Ohio, I found 
on Facebook that somebody found him dead about two miles away from the lease property. So at least somebody got his head. Yeah. You know, somebody got the antlers. And I mean, the guy put on there, anybody knows who shot this buck to contact him. And the way I look at it is, is look, dude, you found it. It's yours. It's yours. Keep it, you know? So my first day of PA gun season, I go back to my tree stand on the lease property, climb up in my tree stand. It's dark. Camera gear is all set up. I got deer around me in the dark. Now, were you allowed to shoot a doe the first day? Yeah, because we're in See, I never management area 2B. Okay. I never paid attention to which areas they brought in. And, and I'm allowed to hunt with a high-powered rifle because my lease property is in Westmoreland County. So before anybody says 2B is slug uh, gun only, okay. blah, yeah. blah, blah. Don't, don't question me. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so. I'm glad somebody does. <laughs> I don't know, about 8.30, 9 o'clock, I had a spike buck that must live 50 yards from my tree stand or something because I've seen him all season. Is that the same spike that was messing with Chris and Alex? Yeah, like, it's just, the same buck. He covers some ground. He roams the whole pro- – I don't think he ever leaves the property. <laughs> and, like, he's one of them deer that it could be 1 o'clock in the afternoon, he's just going to show up. Yeah. He's going to be there. And trust me, he – he annoys you because he stays around for 45 minutes. Yep. We heard you know, him. I think Haley had him during bow season come in and bed down right at the base of the tree that my tree stands in. Well, I think that's the, the buck that gave Chris's away. Yeah. On the first day of rifle. And Chris that's shot the, that buck. He the same buck. the big one for yep. Chris. Yep. Same buck. He's a terrorist. <laughs> well, hopefully he grows into something more in the spike next year. So... After he made his way through, I seen a couple of those out in the field coming up into our triangle, which is off limits to hunting. We don't let nobody hunt in that triangle. It's like a sanctuary. Now, this is a 350-yard shot across that field, and everybody knows me with a rifle. I'm shooting them in the head. Yep, which we've all yelled at you a bunch of times for. So it's not this, TV shots. This doe's out in the middle of this field. I come down on her head. I'm watching her, watching her. I'm just getting ready to touch the trigger on the odd six. And I seen the UPS truck behind her. Wasn't realizing how far up in the field she was. Because I can see 31 where it drops down into the dip. If the UPS truck would have been down lower, I could have popped her, but I seen. So. Safety first. She got a free pass. She gets to go. What can so, Brown do for you? Yeah. Obviously save, save a deer. Save a deer. So I didn't see nothing the rest of the day. No, I seen nothing the rest of the day. Now, did you guys put drives on first day or did you just kind of sit in the stands? After Chris killed his deer, which is like 8 a.m. Yeah. Because I went and helped them guys. It was like 9 30, 10 o'clock. Chris said he was going to. We got a little patch of woods as soon as you pull into the property. It's just a finger. Them deer seemed to go in there and lay down until dark, and then they'll get up and disperse back into the field. So Chris went and he drove that out. Kicked one little doe out, went running down to Haley, which was tiny, and she left it go. So we got a great big cornfield with a big finger of woods that wraps around the top of one of our hillsides. Chris said he was going to walk through that. Now, mind you, I got to go from one end of the property. Back to the other end. Down to the other end of the property for them to do this drive. No, this is Sunday morning because we were done. We did that one drive and then we all left because we normally won't gun hunt in the evening over there. We'll just let it go. You know, Sunday morning, I sat in a stand down in the creek bottom and seen nothing but a gray fox. Surprised you didn't pop him. Not with the oxygen. That's just too much for a gray fox. (laughs) 
Uh, Chris had come over then because he slept in, you know, because he shot a buck. Just like he did out of Brushy Fork. Yeah. I'll be up with you guys the next morning. Yeah. So I moved from one stand down to we got a ground blind on a flute pot. I grabbed a chair out of there and I walked down into the creek bottom down there and I sat along the woods while Chris did this drive. Well, he booted nothing out of there, which is not normal. Like, but there was still standing corn. Well, that, and it's hard to drive just yourself. Right. You know, so we try to do that up at camp too, but when one person does it, sometimes them deer will just circle back around. Exactly. So at least he was driving. I know some guys that when they're done, when they've oh, yeah, done they, their shot, they're out. Yeah, they quit. So at least, that, at least Chris, you know. I mean, that's the way money. most of us guys on that lease are. You know, we're going to help the other people get deer. That's yeah. just the way it is. So I'm talking to Chris on the phone. I can see him at the end of the woods up there. And he says, well, I'm just going to drop down into the cornfield and walk back to the farmer's equipment at the other end. And then he's going to push this long patch of woods behind these houses. And I was going to drop down to the corner of the cornfield. Haley was up the hill for me in the same stand that Chris killed his buck on the first day. So as I'm walking to my next spot, Chris bumps two does out of the cornfield. They come ripping down the hill. I hollered at them. They stopped and I'm looking at them and both of them are small. So I just didn't shoot at them. So Chris does his drive. I watch nine deer run across the top of that hill at 250 miles an hour. Never could get a shot at him from where I was. So by now, Haley had already killed a buck or a doe that morning. Yeah, we'll talk to her about that. I think she shot that thing like at 7.15 or 7.20 in the morning. It was quick. So I hunted the following following Saturday because I had went back to work. No work gets in the way of hunting. No, I hunted Monday. I hunted Monday, but I only hunted till 10 o'clock because, as we all know by now, I helped Dennis out at Dominic's butchering shop to do deer every year. So, like, when rifle season comes in, because I'm the same as you, I don't, I could care less if I go out with a gun. I just go because Haley goes and, you know, all the other guys are there. Yeah. Yeah, tradition of it. So, just about every time I was out, I hunted till like 10 o'clock and then I left. You know, well, I usually normally take the last Friday of the season off and I go to Loyal Hanna and hunt. I didn't go to Loyal Hanna. I got up and I went to our lease property. I'm up in my tree stand on the other side of the lease property. It just get daylight. I hear three shots sound like they came from the other side of our lease property where Chris hung that tree stand. So it's just daylight. I'm pretty pissed off now because I'm over there by myself and somebody shooting over on the other side of our property. Well, you didn't, you didn't look pissed off on your Facebook live (laughs) from the Keystone experience page. That's because when I got over there, I realized there was nobody over there. They were shooting on a piece of property across the road from us. Wait, you got down and went over to investigate? I walked all the way over there. I probably took a 20-minute walk and made it in about 10. <laughs> well, you guys have had problems with, with people right. coming onto the property. Right. So I climb up in Chris's stand because I'm not walking back over to where I was. I climb up into Chris's stand. I just start doing a Facebook Live from our page. Yep. And I'm swiveling around in the chair. And I'm showing everybody where, where I'm at. Now, I got the camera facing me, so it's catching stuff behind me. So, as I'm looking in the camera, if you notice, the video just ends really quick. I, I did notice that. <laughs> I wondered if it was just poor reception. No. <laughs> it was an end. I'm, I'm looking through the camera, and I'm looking at it, and I could see a deer walking behind me. So the end of Facebook live, because I have been banned from Facebook for putting coyote pictures and everything else up there. And I was not about to shoot 
a deer live Which on would Facebook. Be awesome. That would have been awesome. Would have been great, but I'd have got shut. I'd have got our page shut down forever. Yeah. So I lose this deer. I have no idea where it went. So I'm sitting there, about five minutes go by, and I just happen to look over to my left, and there comes this deer out into the opening about 25 yards away. Now. Onto the power line. Onto the power line. The same part of the power line that we run over every time we go in there with a four by four. Yeah. Now, once again, everybody knows me. This is a 25-yard shot. I'm shooting this thing in the head. Got the camera going. I come down on this thing's head, and I realize I got the camera with me. So it was like, you know how when you take two magnets and you try to put them together, reverse? Yeah, and they push on each other. Yeah, well, that's what I was doing. Like, I was trying to come down onto the heart, and it would push me back to the head. Come <laughs> down onto the heart and push me. Finally, I got down on the heart, and I pulled the trigger, and I watched this deer run away. And I'm like, you got to be shitting me. Did you think you missed? Or? I thought I missed. This deer runs out into the field. Now I don't turn the camera or anything because I'm pissed because this camera just cost me a deer that I couldn't shoot in the head. I turn everything off and I'm watching this deer run through the field, uh, the power line, and it stops out there. Now, when it stops, I throw the gun up again and I'm right between its eyes <laughs> and I'm just getting ready to pull the trigger and this deer disappears. I'm like, where the hell did this thing go? And I look out into the power line, lift my head off the gun, and I can see a white belly laying out there. And she finally? She dropped over. But I blew her heart completely out of her chest. How she ran that far, I have no idea. But, so, from now on, I'm shooting them in the head. <laughs> they don't run nowhere. I know. And it, you know, that's the, the downside of... <laughs> Of what we're doing with, you know, putting stuff on, especially TV. Now, I don't know how YouTube would relate to that. Um, yeah. It I shouldn't mean, matter. No. I mean, to me. Like, what's the difference between watching, a, you know, a bullet or a, an arrow go through a deer's heart or lungs? Right. Or. Versus pop it in the head and it drops right out of the screen. Yeah. So. But. I mean, I shoot. We do know that. Headshots are, are kind of frowned upon. I think the whole headshot thing with me comes from predator hunting. Well, yeah, that would make sense. That is just the quickest, humanest friggin' shot you can take. You know, Haley Haley's going to tell you her story about her very first coyote that she got to shoot. And trust me, she learned a lesson that... Uh, we're going to have to ask her about that. You get on a coyote's head and pull the trigger, you don't try to midship a coyote you know that's just my opinion yeah well, you know, especially have... when you're hunting with a, a big caliper rifle just get on the head i mean their furs ain't worth nothing no more you know it to me the joy of killing a coyote is more exciting than killing a great big buck you know yeah i just like to do the predator control to keep the baby turkeys you know and the fawns you know i mean we got coyote problems in PA. No doubt. So, and trust me, I I shoot them with a flintlock too. If I see them, you well, know. We've said, <clears throat> excuse me, we've said many times, I don't care what you're hunting, coyote walks by and immediately it turns, turns into, into a coyote. coyote hunt. Yep. I mean, we, I got to spend a few days in the middle of November with Chris and them guys out there at Brushy Fork. I spent a whole week and Matt came out to film me. Thank God I don't listen to him. <laughs> I was just trying to provide you shot opportunities. Because <laughs> I'd have been broke. <clears throat> broke and divorced. But my, with, my, with a little buck. My cameraman, why'd you let that one go? Why'd you let that one go? How about that one? Hey, I never said I was good at judging him. I can just tell you he was in frame. We had we had a shooter come in on us at dark. Well, if you had waited till after rifle season, you wouldn't have had a cameraman because my camera was broken. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, it's back and running. I've spent I after you left, Chris was my cameraman for 
three days who sleeps and snores in a tree stand and eats more damn food than a grazing herd of cattle. Which I, is a big difference between when I was your cameraman. You know, I thought I thought his backpack was heavy because of the camera gear. It's bullshit. It's all the snacks. Some bitch had like half a sand club with him. Here I am, you and me putting 13 hour shifts in the tree stand. I had yeah, to, we're, we're eating crackers and uh, drinking Gatorade. Yep. You I know, like one Gatorade and a protein bar, and that was about yeah. all I ate. Yeah. And I, you know, I got to eat my oatmeal cream pies. It's just, you know. Did you take any on rifle? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you're finally on the board. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, like I said, rifle season to me is just. Rifle season to me is a time to make money is what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it was nice to put something in your freezer. Right. Right. You know, and for all them guys that do love the rifle hunt, let me tell you from a butcher's end of it, don't shoot them in the front shoulder. Midship your midship your deer with a rifle. All don't right. don't shoot them in the front shoulder. Why is that? Because number one, you're going to lose a ton of money. Uh ton of meat, you know, because, I mean, these guys are shooting them with 300 wind mags or 4570 elephant guns. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And you're blowing a hole through one shoulder and completely destroying the other shoulder. On a decent-sized buck, that's five pounds of meat. Okay. You know, if you midship them, you got them big lungs right there. Putting some bruised meat on the lungs and the ribs, we don't use that rib meat anyhow. You know, so. Now, what did you learn? Anything new this year with cutting deer up with Dennis? Yeah, I heard I heard maybe you had to let somebody go out there. Had to fire him. No, we, we, no, it wasn't firing him. It was, he's not allowed to skin deer. <laughs> Who might that be? Uncle Tendon. <laughs> Uncle Tendon. I know when he gets to get on here, he's going to try to defend himself and say that, you know, he didn't cut that many tendons, but he caught a bunch. The boy is horrible when it comes to skinning around the back legs. We had a special piece of yellow rope out there that was Steve's, you know, Mr. rope. Mr. To, Mr. Rocco's rope. Yeah. He, he's one hell of a cameraman and can edit a video, but don't let him skin the back legs on your deer. There'll be no tendon left. Nothing to hang him from. Nope. Uncle Tendon. That's what we call him now out of the butcher shop. Uncle Tendon. And as soon as you cut a tendon out there, you get told about it. You know? What'd you do? You just Uncle Tendon that deer. Uh, so, I wish I could have been there for some of those. Yeah, he, he helped for the first couple of days, and then, you know, he had to go back to work. The turkey's done. I, mean, <laughs> I ought to take it out of the oven and make messages <laughs> as I'm getting. But, yeah, we... You know, we're rolling along here. We're putting some deer down. Yeah. I believe believe I'm going to head back to Brushy Fork in January for a couple, two or three days. And then we got this whole flintlock season. Like I said, it'll be, you know, of course, Christmas is coming up. So I got to delay Christmas. You know, like we got the Grinch that stole Christmas. But then you got the Grinch that delays Christmas. Yeah, the trapper. Because I got to go check my traps on Christmas morning. Well, my 20-year-old daughter, you know, gets highly upset when I go and uh, check traps on Christmas morning. Yep. Uh, we'll have to ask her about that because we're going to uh, have Haley on here on a future episode because, like Rob said earlier, she was able to, to get a deer on uh, the first Sunday, right? First Sunday of rifle? Yes, yeah, the first Sunday of PA rifle season. So we're going to hear. As far as I know, in the history of Pennsylvania since they started keeping records. Yeah. So we're going to talk with Haley on a future podcast here and see how that, hear her side of the story. We got Rob's little uh, snippet of it. We're going to check with Haley and eventually we're still going to get Chris on. We've still got to talk about, you know, the Ohio giant that fell. Yeah. And we're just going to keep rolling. Trapping seasons here, late archery and flintlock muzzle loader. But that was the uh, 
the opening weekend for for Rob Mountain Man Warwick and Hungry Teepee. <laughs> Overall, yeah, we got a uh, what? Alex's wife killed one over there at the lease property. Alex killed one during archery season while we were in Ohio, so we still got to get him on. We've had a pretty good year so far. With, with we're not, we're knocking them down. Yep, we'll just keep rolling into next year. But I think that's about going to wrap it up. You uh, got a couple things to say for for our sponsors there? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, Crick Archery. It's Christmas time. It he's, is. He's running some deals. You guys are probably going to hear it as late, but you know, you know, find your passion. And hunt it down. And then the boys up there, Toyota Greensburg, you got Brian Moore, Ryan Halderman, and Rudy Perez. <laughs> Rudy, I gotta I gotta give you a hard time, brother. I, I don't know. I don't even know how you say his last name. Rudy Paul something. It, it, it doesn't I don't matter at this point. But go up there and see those boys, they'll give you a good deal on a tundra. Tacoma, whatever, whatever Toyota you want, they got it up there. And then we got, you know, Dave, dear P. Dave, can't forget dear P. Dave. Nope. You know, apparition scent. It's a hundred percent lethal. And I'm telling you guys, if you haven't used it, second season, get that late rut. Get down here, get you some. Trust me, I'm not going to try to sell you something that doesn't work. I've been using this stuff. For a long time. Well, and those that uh, are into predator hunting like yourself, Dave's got a new release this year for you. Yeah, we got some. Uh, what was it? K911. Yeah, K911. It's a it's a coyote bait that it'll work on bobcats and should draw in your foxes. So, you know, and hey, look, if you guys got pictures, anything you trapped, shot, harvested, you Archery. know, your kids whatever, send them into our Facebook page or get a hold of me and Matt. We'll, we'll get them posted. You know, we're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, I don't know, TikTok, whatever parlor, you know, there's a bunch of them. So let us know. We'll get them shared. You know, that's what all this is about. It's not about us being on TV or no. hosting this podcast. It's about getting people involved in hunting and sharing stories. That's and I mean, if about. you guys ever got questions or something like that, you want to get a hold of us too, stop down here at Crick Archery. We're usually down here. You know, get us now because when summertime rolls around with two wheels of rubber on the ground, man, we're, we're exploring. You know, we're going to take this podcast to a whole new level. Yeah, we got some big things coming this spring and we're summer. We're going to be talking about a lot of Harley stuff and, you know, going to give you an inside look to the biker life. You know, Matt's been doing this for a couple of years. I've been riding just about my whole life. He got me back into it. So, you know, when I got in, not a new Harley, I'm an old school, you know, carbureted, none of this new technology with the fuel injection and. If I break down on the side of the road, I can fix my shit. You break down on the side of the road, you got to get a truck. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So you got to ride on the back of yours. <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'll, I'll walk. <laughs> I'll walk. But Hey, you all have a good holiday. Stay safe. You know, get out there and bust some stuff in the head. Yep. We'll talk to you next week here on the Keystone Experience.